Welcome to the Gather Houston podcast. We are a Christian community practicing the way of Jesus in all parts of life and for the good of all people. Thank you for joining us today. So today we're starting a... um that was a loud car. Today we're starting a new conversation. Uh, we're going to be using our gospel proclamation, which is a piece of our liturgy, uh, as our guide for the next few weeks. Uh, so let me give you some context on this. Uh, you know, every week in online worship and, and in person, uh, I lead our gospel proclamation. So you all, in, in person, everyone repeats after me. And we say, I was created by God, and God calls me good. I'm loved by God, and God calls me child. I'm rescued by God, and God calls me holy. And by the power of God, through Jesus Christ, we are loved, forgiven, and free. And then I look everyone in the eye, try to, anyway, look everybody in the eye, and I remind you that you are created, loved, rescued, forgiven, and free. That that is who you are. And so for me, just so you know, I would show up anywhere. With just about any group of people, under, under just about any circumstances, to look you, to look them in the eye and remind them who they are. At kind of my, at like my core, I feel like that is what I'm called to do, to remind people who they are. I don't really think my job is to tell people what to do. I don't think it's really even about explaining a mysterious, ancient, sacred text. I think my job is to remind people who they are. And so I try to do that. We look everybody in the eye, and I try to tell everyone this piece of good news. And, and that's why we wrote this piece of liturgy, to make sure that every week, kind of no matter what, everybody hears this reminder that they are created, loved, rescued, forgiven, and free. And this prayer is a part of our liturgy. And uh, I grew up in a church tradition, maybe you did too, that didn't use a lot of liturgy. So we didn't have liturgy in our time together. We didn't have a lot of pre-scripted prayers, a lot of form to our worship. But starting in college, I started uh, exploring and attending churches that were a lot more liturgical uh, in their, in their form. And at all of these places, we would take communion together every week, like we do here. But before we took communion, uh, we would say a confession prayer together, a corporate confession. And, um, there would be a hundred or a thousand people, uh, gathered in a room. And in unison, we would say things like, Lord God, I have betrayed you. Or Lord, I have denied you. Or, Lord God, cleanse me of my iniquities. Maybe we should try saying that all together. Maybe not. And I understand the point of doing a corporate confession. In its most beautiful form, you, you say confession together uh, to be reminded that God has already forgiven you. But no one ever said that. No, no one ever got on the microphone and said confession isn't required for forgiveness. Just in unison, with our most contrite-looking faces, we would say, Lord, I have betrayed you. And the thing about liturgy is that it gets like carved into your brain. The things you say every week over and over and over again, they get memorized whether you want them to be or not. It marks you. And in these communities, we were being marked by betrayal and denial and sin and unworthiness instead of love and compassion and grace. So I just decided around here that I wanted something else to get accidentally memorized. 
I wanted something else to get stuck in your brain in such a way that you can't get it out. And so we don't do confession here. Uh, We skip straight to the good news. When we confess, really all we would be saying is, I've forgotten who I am. And so we just speak who we are as this reminder, because I love telling people who they are. Created, loved, rescued, forgiven, and free. Created, loved, rescued, forgiven, and free. Created, loved, rescued, forgiven, and free. I want it to get stuck somewhere deep in your brain, like riding a bike or like your secret handshake in the seventh grade or like your first home phone number. I want it to mark you. It's a proclamation of good news. And we say it together every week to remind ourselves and to remind each other that this is who we are. And so for the next five weeks, uh, we're going to talk about what we mean when we say these words and what it looks like to live out this identity as being created, loved, rescued, forgiven, and free. And so today we're going to have a conversation about what it means to live out our, our identity as a people who are created by God. And, and there's a lot in the Bible about being uh, created by God, of course. Um, there's the creation narrative in Genesis chapter two. It says, then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils, the breath of life. And the man became a living being. Verse 21. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and then closed up the place with flesh. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man and he brought her to the man. God creates us. And then we get these beautiful reminders in Ephesians from the Apostle Paul. And I love the way the message, trans, uh, message translation says this in Ephesians 1, 4. Long before God laid down earth's foundations, he had us in mind, had settled on us as the focus of his love to be made whole and holy by his love. In Ephesians 2, 10, we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Isaiah 64, 8, I think Paul might have had, when Paul said, you are God's handiwork, I think he might have had Isaiah 64 in mind. It says, you, Lord, are our father. We are the clay and you are the potter. We are all the work of your hand. We are the work of God's hand. You are the work of God's hand. Before God laid the earth's foundations, he had you in mind. You are the focus of God's love. And by love and for love, you were created. Sacred life is breathed into you. And you are not merely clay waiting to be molded and shaped. You are a work of art, dreamed up, imagined before time itself was measured. God being the perfect example of love, being the essence of love, created you in love, by love, and for love. Do you see the intentionality of your creation? You are a handiwork. You are purposefully created You are not an accident. There is nothing about you. There is nothing about who you are. There is nothing about your essence, your truest self, that is 
an accident. You were intentionally, purposefully created by God, dreamed up by the creator of the universe. You are not an accident. In fact, you are a miracle. You are a miracle. And uh, when I tell you that you are a miracle, uh, I, I don't just mean it as like a cheesy pastor thing to say, and I do kind of mean it as a cheesy pastor thing to say, but I mean it in the truest sense. Uh, it, it's, it's a miracle that you are who you are and that you, that you is here. It's a miracle. The Buddhists have a saying They say, imagine that there was one life preserver thrown somewhere in some ocean, and there is exactly one turtle in all of those oceans swimming underwater somewhere. Okay, did you get that? Imagine there's one life preserver thrown somewhere in some ocean, and in all the oceans, there is one turtle. And the probability that you came about and exist today is the same as that turtle sticking its head out of the water in the middle of that life preserver on one try. It's a nice saying, and it seems pretty wild. And there was a researcher that liked that Buddhist saying, and they thought, I mean, that that feels, that connects with me, that it's so unlikely that I would exist, that I would be experienced this miraculous existence. But they did the research and they actually decided um, that, 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 that one uh, life preserver in all of the oceans with one turtle in all of the same oceans and that turtle sticking its head up in between the life preserver on one try, that that probability was actually too high. That it's actually way less likely for us to exist because um, this researcher did all the math. They did the math on your parents' meeting on average they just did the math on average that, that for any particular man in any particular community to meet another woman is about a 1 in 20,000 chance. And in that 1 in 20,000 chance, it would be about a 1 in 10 chance that if they met and had a conversation that they might, if, if all the circumstances were just right, that they might would go on a date. And then another 1 in 10 chance that they would go on another date. And then another 1 in 10 chance that they would date long enough to be able to produce an offspring and if you do all the math, that it, it's about a one in 2,000 chance that after your parents meet that they produce a child. And so if it's a one in 20,000 chance they meet at all, and then a one in 2,000 chance uh, that they are together long enough and then are able to produce a child, that's about a one in 40 million chance. But that's just the odds that your parents had a child. Not that they had you with your nose and your eyes and your hair and your personality and your voice and your quirks. One in 40 million is just a child because your mom was born with like a million, not like a million, like really a million unique eggs. And your dad produced like four trillion little swimmers. Sorry to make you uncomfortable. And the odds that all of that created you, who you are, is one in 400 quadrillion. That doesn't make any sense. Do you know why? Because it's 
a miracle. Because this researcher knew that none of that, those numbers would make any sense to us, um, they gave another example. So kind of like the turtle in the ocean with the life preserver. They said, you could imagine getting two million people together in the biggest town square you could fathom. And each of those two million people, they have a trillion-sided dice. And everyone, on the count of three, all rolls their dice at the exact same time. And everyone, on that first try, all rolls the exact same number. That is the, is the probability that you, who you are in this world, that you exist here and now. You are a miracle. It's just so unlikely that we're even here. You are a miracle. You are not an accident. There is nothing about you that is accidental. You are the work of God's hand. Before God laid the earth's foundations, before time itself was measured, God had you in mind. And by God's love, in God's love, and for love, you were created. Sacred life is breathed into you. You are handiwork, art dreamed up. You are not an accident. You are a walking miracle. You were created by God, and God calls you good. So for you, how, how do you think of yourself? Do you think you, you think of yourself more, of, more as an accident or a miracle? Maybe you could just evaluate how you live Maybe you could evaluate how you talk to yourself. Do you talk to yourself like a miracle? Do you talk to yourself like you are a divine work of art? Or do you talk to yourself like an accident? I wonder how much negative self-talk you are participating in. Maybe that could help you evaluate how you think of yourself. And then do, do you treat other people like the miracle they are, like they have divine breath inside of them. And maybe that's a way to just start living in uh, to our identity as miracles created by God and called good, that we start treating other people like the miracle they are with the dignity they deserve. That all those who are traditionally marginalized in our culture, and when I say that, maybe there's a group of people that pops in your head those who are traditionally marginalized, that those people, they are a miracle. They are handiwork, art, dreamed up by love itself. That, that those who were gunned down by a weapon of war in Illinois, they were miracles. They were miracles. They were sacred art. They weren't accidents, and they should have been treated as such. And as again and again and again, we see miracles who are not treated with the dignity and respect they deserve. Right? Maybe that would be a way to just live into our identity as miracles, that we start treating other people with the dignity, love, and respect that they deserve. Hey, listen, you, you are a miracle. Everything is a miracle. This is a miracle. You are created by God, a divine work of art, intentionally formed, never an accident. 
You are created by God and God calls you good. So I have have a tendency uh, to seek out approval uh, for just about anything and everything. Uh, I can be a bit of an approval junkie. I wonder if you would be honest enough with yourself to admit that today. Yeah, a lot lot of us struggle with that. And uh, I've been thinking about that a lot, about my kind of unhealthy need or desire for approval. And I've been realizing that my desire for approval has me living kind of in a please posture all the time. I need approval. And I'm just kind of living, please, 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 please like me. Please think I'm good at my job. Please think I work hard. Please, please, please. Just live in this posture of just please, please give me something back. And, I, and I, I've been working this week to, to think of my life and myself as a miracle, to live into this identity as intentionally formed and created and called good, not an accident. And when I can wake up in the morning with that identity close to my heart, I don't need anything from anyone. When, when I can wake up with the reminder that God dreamed me up before time was measured, that I am on purpose, when I can live with that identity, no one holds anything over me. No one can take anything away. No one can add. I am. And when, when I can live into that identity as a good creation, I don't have to live, please. My life and my posture and my attitude, it gets to be thank you. If I'm a miracle, if my wife Katie's a miracle, if my kids are a miracle, if my community is a miracle, I don't have to live, please. I just get to walk around and live, thank you, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the miracle of me and for this and of everything. We are created by God and God calls us good. So gather, this is my prayer for us today. Live into your identity as divine art. You were dreamed up before the foundations of the earth created by love and for love. No one can add or take away from this from your divine identity. Live the miracle. May it be so. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you're interested in Gather, check out our website at gatherhouston.org or visit us on Sunday at 10 a.m.